my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. Got a lot of shows or articles we're going to be going over today, so you guys buckle up. It's going to be a great show. Be sure to check out the product of the week on the website if you guys have seen it, the D3-10,000, the one and only with K2. Incredibly strong, effective formula, keeping your immune system strong, really increasing your blood levels of D3, and it stacks really good with the vitamin C, and maintaining an overall healthy immune system. It's over 12% off right now. It's product of the week, so be sure to stock up on that and vote for what you want to see win later on this week as well with product of the week at healthmasters.com. The first thing I wanted to get into this morning is I've been doing a lot of more digging into it. And strangely enough, the situation is getting weirder and weirder in Hawaii as far as with the media blackout. If anybody has noticed, there's virtually no significant coverage other than what they keep telling everybody in the press conferences. They've actually now apparently stopped mainstream media, even mainstream from coming in. Alternative media is all but barred and banned from the island. And the governor of Hawaii now, Josh Green, did a interview a couple days ago, I think it was on Friday, saying that independent journalism is discouraged and that sources outside of the government should not be trusted or listened to. He went on to say, doing reporting through social media is idiotic. Do not use social media. Do not rely on people who fancy themselves as influencers. Get off your phone. Get off your tablet. It's a media-free zone. I can't. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. And there's been one report from a Fox News reporter who's basically family has lived there for 40 years, and he was able to get in. And he said this aspect of what's going on there is unbelievably bizarre. They don't want anybody investigating anything. They don't want anybody reporting on anything. It's essentially exactly like we saw during COVID, as that playbook was extremely effective. If you remember, you saw this specifically in Australia when the media, or excuse me, the government came in and said, the only media you need to be getting is from the government. The only trusted news source is us. Anyone else that talks about COVID on social media needs to be banned. Do not listen to anyone whatsoever. Only listen to us. This is very reminiscent of every aspect of totalitarian governments when they start getting control is they do not want anybody discussing alternative narratives. You've seen this in various countries throughout the entire world over different periods of time and Anytime, 100% of the time without fail, when you have a government entity that starts telling you we are the all-powerful government media, do not listen to anything else but us, I have never found one single time in recorded history that those are the good guys when they start saying that, period. So lest you thought something strange was going on over there, it gets even weirder now with full-blown media blackout coverage and telling everyone, turn off your phone, turn off your tablet, do not rely on anybody who fails. So basically, don't trust anything anyone says. Only believe what we're telling you right now. Yeah, that's that, that worked out great for everybody during COVID. Ironically enough as well, you're seeing the same thing being pushed again now with this fall. I've told you guys earlier now, I've seen more and more rhetoric ramping up now about the RSV shot with the flu shot with the COVID RNA shot that everybody needs to be getting because there's all these cases that are going to start popping up now. And there's another news article that came out. I think it was on Yahoo that was reposted from another site. And they were talking about how don't, don't be full of it's back now. And along with it, you can get RSV and the flu at the same time. Everybody needs to get their booster immediately if you want to be protected. 
And I just shook my head, and I'm like, my gosh, like, this is, they, we, are we really, really going to attempt to start this again? And this is another reason why I have said this repeatedly, and I encourage everyone, please make sure you're getting the truth out there and talking about these things. Because when you have this level of propaganda now that is not ending, and this level of government essentially censorship that they're trying to force on everyone and tell everyone there's nothing you can talk about other than what we say – that's a really creepy place to start watching a constitutional republic go to, especially when you have things like, oh, uh, I don't know, the First Amendment. <laughs> it's very, very clear. But remember what I told you guys, and I've said this repeatedly over the years. Just because we have a First Amendment, just because we have a Second Amendment, and the list goes on, just because we have these rights does not mean that tyrants will not attempt to take those rights from you by force. And by force, you give them up voluntarily once you submit to what they're trying to do. Always remember that. Just because it's a right doesn't mean someone's not going to have to take it, try to take it from you. And just because it's a right doesn't mean you don't have to defend it to every single level. Always that's exactly that. right. That, that's a concept that eludes a lot of people. And I think in this country, go, we got the First Amendment. Cool, we got the First Amendment. We have an ingrained right of freedom of speech. That doesn't mean they're not going to come after it. That doesn't mean they're not going to censor you. That doesn't mean they're going to try to not suppress you. That doesn't mean you're going to be able to live freely and speak freely unmolested on your way because you have a right that you are not taking a stand on. If you just sit there and don't say anything, you essentially are consenting by silence. That you're okay with having your rights stripped from you. So be vocal, be strong, get the truth out there on a regular basis. But I just wanted to get that out there first thing this morning and make sure everybody's keeping their immune system strong because there's obviously something that they're brewing up now for this fall because there's way too much rhetoric right now about this triple booster shot that they're pushing super hard, ironically, when RSV just got approved by the FDA. So now what do they have to do? Well, Pharmaceutical companies got to make their money back, right? They've spent all this money manufacturing this new RSV shot, doing these clinical trials that allegedly say it's safe and effective. Well, they got to get the shot out there so they can recoup a couple billion dollars back. Always remember these pharmaceutical companies, how they operate. When they spend all kinds of money on a drug, when they spend all kinds of money on a vaccine, when they spend all kinds of money on certain compounds, they've got to recoup their sunk costs now in these products. And the only way to do that is to start using the federal government and the mainstream media as mouthpieces to promote and push their drugs and vaccines so they can not only make an enormous amount of money, but keep people sicker so they can justify making more drugs and more vaccines to combat more problems that are being occurred by more drugs and more vaccines. It's a cycle. It's disgusting. Get the truth out there and keep your immune system strong naturally. If you need anything, healthmasters.com, you know where to get a hold of us. And how are you doing this morning, Dad? <laughs> uh, good morning, Austin. Good introduction. In fact, yeah, I've read another really another reason. This is out of out on the burning platform. It's talking about the spikes. All these cases are spiking, and they're supposed to have another lockdown in the fall, and all and all and all. And here's what it says: the most recent COVID variant is supposedly causing spikes in cases all over the world. The story goes that England and Ireland, the U.S. are all being hit hard, and it's reached Australia too. Yet another blow to BRICS will save us. Crowd. India and China are also playing along. Uh, scientists are even clamoring for the return of masks. Here we go again. We've already been you know, over everything you need to know about all of these things as far as COVID. But, you know, this thing basically is uh, going out and going to do its own thing again. And so, again, it's like you said just in your introduction, Austin, you know, you have to look at the huge amount of money that has gone into hypnotizing billions of people into acting against their own interests. This whole thing that dispel 
that they put on us is easier to maintain than the restart. You know, they, 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 if they start letting people forget, then soon they'll have to begin this whole satanic ritual all over again. But the magic is already wearing off. Considering that allegedly over 200 million Americans took the first dose in 2021, and that by the time boosters were coming out in the fall of 22, it was down to 50 million. That's a 75% drop in only one year. The power of these magicians and sorcerers is what they are, is slipping away as yet to scramble to get back. You can probably expect, you know, this COVID stuff to get a lot worse. And so we've got to realize something here. You know, this bioweapon that they keep releasing and they keep updating and keep tweaking at all their bio labs around the world, it's very, very real. A lot of people have said, well, you know, COVID's not real. No, it is real. I had multiple friends die because they couldn't breathe. They got into the hospital. Now, the remdesivir may have killed them, but the virus they had was extremely real. And none of these friends that I knew took precautions against it with large amounts of D3, large amounts of zinc, large amounts of ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or all of the other things we've talked about, you know, with the D3, et cetera, and high dosing or the vitamin C or the vitamin C intravenously. None of them did any of that. They all waited until they got hospitalized. And they were all stuck on remdesivir. Remdesivir was the final kill shot on so many of these people who were victimized in the hospitals. Quite frankly, I think it's one of the primary causes that the death rates were so high. But the reality is when you can't breathe, you get desperate. And this disease that they've put on us, this thing that they've pushed through now through the air and injected into us and all the other things they've done now with the shots and the bioweapons they've put into us is real. And now we've got an entire generation, supposedly 200 million people here in the United States, of people that have been injected against basically many of them against their own will because they had to maintain their jobs, whose immune systems are really, really downregulated. That's why you're seeing so many people coming down with so many health issues because their immune systems are down. You know, heck, we had a friend of ours who had a kid who basically ended up giving, you know, one of our kids this cough that Austin and I have seemed to have developed now. And, you know, we're taking our supplements, and I feel good. But the reality is the cough is getting much better, but it's taking a minute to get by this. It's been three weeks already. And, I mean, I've already gone in and had two doses of intravenous vitamin C. I massively increased my vitamin C, you know, orally. And I realized that this is something that they've actually put back out there again that's going to completely affect a lot of us as far as from a health standpoint. And my immune system is super strong. Austin's immune system is super strong, but the reality is when they put these bioweapons into the atmosphere and they put them into the population, they have a tendency to do exactly what they've been programmed to do, and that's to spread. And we see this stuff all of the time when we see these people coming all of, you know, with all of these health issues that we have all over the place. By the way, this is interesting on Portland. Portland's first sanctioned homeless park has just nine residents despite having a room, having room for 55 a month after it opened. As shocking images show the drug people are taking over the sidewalks. Oregon's largest city is grappling with a devastating homelessness epidemic with more than 3,000 people living on the streets, often making it in shift campsites. Portland has already allocated $27 million for three official homeless shelters and a bid to tackle the problem, but drug addicts are reluctant to go clean and move in. Wow. You know, I told you last week that Polk County has almost 5,000 children that are living in cars and living basically homeless in our county right now. Now, we have a big county, but it only has probably eight or 900,000 people. This is the same problem that we're seeing in counties all over the world. When they started bringing in the migrants and giving them free housing and taking the housing from the people that could afford the housing and raising the prices of the housing to astronomical levels. I mean, sometimes, you know, a two-bedroom house down here now will rent for three, $4,000 a month. Who in the world can afford that? 
But when the government is subsidizing it through BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard, well, you'll own nothing by 2030, and you'll be happy according to Kadash Shahab. You know, what is happening is the housing market has exploded here in Polk County. It's exploded in Florida because so many people have moved here, and so many migrants are being relocated here. And it's so frustrating to me and to Austin because our community that we were raised in, that we've been in for so many years, has completely had a demographic change. And I'm not saying necessarily it's a bad demographic change, but it's a demographic change. And one of the reasons that I lived here and have lived here for so many years is because I liked the demographics the way they were. But when you get a bunch of people coming into the state, into Polk County, who can't even speak English, you, at that point now when you go to a gas station or you go to an attendant you know, in a 7-Eleven they can't speak proper English, it starts to affect the quality of life. It really does. And I'm so aggravated these people coming in from other countries, and so many of them don't want to learn English. I told you the other day. Or one of our yard maintenance people that you know we that we have, he basically went to get some gas for a mower, and a whole group of Hispanics were sitting in a car at the pump in the shade having lunch, and they refused to move their car until he went inside and got the manager who was going to call the police on them. They just refused, so we're not going to do that. Calling him gringo, yelling at him, cussing at him in Spanish, and the sad part about this is it doesn't have to be this way. They come over to this country with a chip on their shoulder because they see how we live in the United States of America, and many of them were living in absolute unbelievable poverty in third world countries and they come into this country and they want to work and these guys are basically workers they were in a car actually probably taking a lunch break but they still get angry at you because you've been blessed because you've worked hard because you weren't raised in a socialist and communist country well until late recently it wasn't that way and so you had the ability to earn income you had the ability to save money you had the ability to do all these different things which they did not have in their countries and I'm not saying that everybody in the United States was exposed to the same type of opportunity as other people were. That's a fact that they were not. A lot of people had a very, very difficult childhood. They had a difficult time being raised. A lot of them had drug addict parents. A lot of them had parents who were alcoholics. A lot of them had parents who basically would spend all the money on alcohol and cigarettes. And basically everybody has to struggle trying to find something to eat. And, uh, these, and these, a lot of these parents have died at a very young age because they've overdosed. And a lot of these parents have destroyed their children's lives. And a lot of the children have become extremely resilient. It's like Nietzsche said, what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. And a lot of people now realize that, you know, they've got to be careful with their own children to make sure that whatever their parents did, if they were addicted to drugs, that they don't allow it happen to their children. But it's like it's just said in that article from Portland. The people that are addicted to drugs, in many cases, they don't want to come off the drugs. They like the drugs. They like the way that morphine feels. They like the way that opiates feel. They like the way that crack feels. They like the way that crank feels. They like how they feel on these drugs, and these drugs are keeping them going, and they don't want to stop them. I told you we had a family member that had been an opiate addict for about 20 years. He started in his teenage years. He finally overdosed at the age of 36, 37. And he did not want to come off the drugs. He liked the drugs. The drugs talked to him every day, I guess, and basically kept him pushing on, kept him on the drugs. And he just turned into this giant liar, and everything was about the drugs and getting money from his father in order to subsidize and to basically keep his lifestyle and his drug habit going. And we see this over and over and over again now that we have almost 100 million people in the United States taking opiates for pain or for recreation or simply because they're addicted to it. And it's a sad state of affairs in the United States with the OxyContin and what the Sackler family did and what Purdue Pharma did and how they pushed this horrible, horrible drug into the general population, telling them it was not addictive. Morphine is a heroin byproduct. You guys know that. And it's, it's, you know, it's an opiate, it's a poppy product. And, you know, and so we have to understand that this type of drug is extremely addictive with what it does to the opioid receptors in the body and into the brain. And you get hooked on it very, very quickly. So I urge you again 
If you get on painkillers, make sure you come off them as quickly as you possibly can, preferably within a couple of days. That's what I've done when I've had back surgery, et cetera, over the years. I would be on this drug for maybe a couple of days or whatever, and I would just come off of it. And even after a couple of days, you start feeling the withdrawal side effects of it. And also be careful with the benzodiazepines because you can actually die from those. Those are psychiatric drugs. All this stuff is being used to drug the population of the United States and the world into a pharmaceutical drug-induced stupor is what it's about in order to not allow them to resist the tyranny which is enveloping the United States and the rest of the world through the World Economic Forum brought to you by the international banking communities using Klaus Schwab as a front man in Atoheberri who talks about how he wants to destroy Christianity and Jesus. All this stuff. Is their goal is basically to take Christianity and get rid of it because they know the power that we have because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead resides in us. They understand that, and they understand that when we pray, we literally change the fabric of space-time because we're calling on the name of Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith, the being, the God that created the heavens and the earth, Christ, and they understand that. That's why they don't want him involved in this, and I guess part of the rules of engagement are to make us as blind as they possibly can because as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be again upon my return, said Jesus in the book of Matthew. And we need to understand that, that it, when the days of, in the days of Noah, when he said he's quoting that, it was every thought was evil all the time, and that's where they want to take us back to. But it's up to us to resist Every single fiber in our body have to resist of what we have to do on an ongoing basis. It's really, really, really important that we understand that. But, guys, if we keep our hearts and our minds in Christ, it keeps us motivated and it keeps us energized all the days of our life. You know, So we just need to make sure that we stand our ground, avoid taking any more clot shots, and realize that even the leprosy stuff we talked about last week, the 94% was occurring in people that were vaccinated or people that have been around people that have been basically shedding spike proteins. I mean, this is crazy stuff that we're doing. Paul Craig Roberts wrote a very interesting article, and it goes, The Demise of White Americans. Oh, this is just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm going to read you part of this. As, a, as I recently explained, American universities are far more committed to creating incompetent society consisting of a Tower of Babel than they are creating a well-educated citizens that a society needs. For decades, American universities have discriminated against white applicants of merit in favor of less capable of minorities. This is called white privilege. To accommodate the influx of unqualified preferred minorities, universities that had high standards had to lower them so the final product is less capable than prior to the affirmative action era. This is not to say that all racially favored applicants are stupid because a lot of them are brilliant people. It is to say that emphasis on skin color as a basis of admission resulted in many graduates being below the previous standard. After more than half a century, the racial discrimination against white meritorious candidates was ruled unconstitutional recently by the Supreme Court. I would agree, I agree with Heather McDonald that the court ruling means very little as the university administrations and administrators are simply moving from the use of any objective admission test to purely subjective tests in which the race of the applicant is read from the subjective responses, so nothing's going to change. Perhaps the white meritorious candidates who could be rejected will learn to mimic it in their responses those are the preferred people that they wish to bring into the universities. But the issue is not only unequal racial treatment in university admissions. The much larger problem is that universities value race over merit and prefer non-notorious society to the United States Constitution. 
This is a general problem of all U.S. institutions, and not only universities and public schools, which are degenerating into indoctrination centers against white majority. Also, the use of corporations such as Starbucks that discriminates against white Americans is hiring and promotion and Democratic legislators, governors, mayors and judges and prosecutors who believe that blacks should be punished less or Hispanics should be punished less, that the whites should be punished the most, period. San Francisco and other Democratic misrule cities even permit blacks to steal up to $950 from stores without being charged. The $950 limit is not a one-time limit. It's a one-time per incident. The black thief can steal $950 each time. In other words, the black can hit eight different stores hourly and get away with eight times $950 a day, which is $7,600 in an eight-hour day. Of course, the black has to sell at a discount the stuff that he has stolen. Still, permissible robbery from legitimate businesses is the best job available. Scores of stores have closed in San Francisco, and now Gumps is even threatening to leave. Now, I'm not going to just pick on blacks here, too, because a lot of whites are doing the same thing in some of these cities, some of these democratically controlled strongholds and, you know, hell holes, you'd call them. The problem is, is that we are allowing as a society the rule of law to be completely and totally destroyed without thinking about the long term consequences of the ramifications of this. This is pure cloward and piven. The destruction of the United States of America, the destruction of the republic by basically allowing socialism and communism to come in and lawlessness to come in and run amok and allow us to come in and basically take away the rights that we've been given of free enterprise and the rights of a store owner to basically sell his product, reap a profit and maintain his overhead by allowing people to come in and just steal stuff from him without ever having him to be compensated for what's happening, which is why so many of these chain stores have gone into these areas and have closed all of their stores because the stores are hemorrhaging cash because of that loss of inventory and they can't make a profit and they realize that they're answerable to their to their stockholders that if they continue to lose money in these different stores that they're going to basically have it be out of a job. This is the problem that we've run into now in the United States. Everybody wants to get into the card. Nobody wants to pull the card anymore. This is socialism on steroids. When everybody decides they're going to ride and nobody's going to work anymore, what ends up happening is the people who are pulling the card realize that they're being basically sanctioned or punished for pulling the card, they finally start dropping off the card also, and they start climbing into the back of the wagon. This is why when you see these people coming in from communist indoctrination countries like Colombia or Venezuela, well, Venezuela is not as bad, but it was at one time as far as communism. A lot of them come over here and they don't want to work. They just want to have the government give them free subsidies. But I will say something about Venezuelans. They're some of the hardest working people I've ever seen because they understood what it was to live in a great society because they had the largest oil reserves in the world until Chavez requested his gold back. And so he comes with a fast dying. He dies of a fast forming cancer and the international banks cut off the funding in order to run the oil wells and the oil refineries. And now Venezuela is in a nightmare of a position. In fact, it's turning into an absolute third world hellhole. People are starving to death there. But the reality is, is this. When people come to the United States and they've been indoctrinated in socialism, communism their entire lives, that's all they know. That's why when you go across the street to the subdivision, it's all Hispanic now, pretty much all Hispanic. They don't speak English. You want to say it that way. They basically don't leave their houses during the day. They don't drive out. They haven't increased the traffic flow. They just sit at home all day and wait for their government subsidies and checks to come in. That is not sustainable. It doesn't matter what country you live in. That is not sustainable. People have to be productive if they're going to provide for the common good and the common welfare and the common street maintenance. You have to pay taxes to pay for the streets, to pay for the infrastructure. That's why I remember years ago I was in Mexico. I was in Puerto Vallarta, and I, and I can't pronounce that right. I never have been able to. But we were basically horseback riding, and we were on a cruise ship, 
And I remember we picked up the horses. Austin was with us. And the horses are kicking through piles of trash on the street as they walk to the beach. And we have two guys with us with machine pistols in the horseback ride that are basically security guards to prevent us from being abducted for kidnapping and for ransom. I, I, I can't make this stuff up. That's how lawless Mexico was. And this was 15, 20 years ago. But the reality was I still remember the horses kicking through the streets of trash because they didn't have trash pickup because nobody's paying taxes because the government's on the takedown there. Everybody goes on bribes and the infrastructure is collapsing. That's why you see that over and over and over again in third world countries. People have to work to pay the taxes, keep the roads open, keep the roads repaired. And you see this all the time in, in like, like states like Illinois and Chicago with the unbelievably horrible road maintenance they have up there because so many of the people that are involved in road maintenance up there are basically being bribed and taking the lowest bid or the highest bid and stuffing envelopes full of cash in other people's pockets when they get contracts in which they don't have to perform. They just simply get the payment. It's insane what's happening in the United States as we watch this once great republic, the finest nation on the earth. It still is. They're having a hard time taking it down because it was founded on faith. Years ago, they talked to government. He was President Fox in, in, in Mexico, and they were asking him. They said, you know, we don't understand what's happened with Mexico. We don't understand why you share the border with the United States. You share the same natural resources. You share everything that the United States has. You have the ability to have this prosperous nation like the United States, but you don't have that. Why is that? And he was so succinct that he said, when they founded America, they came seeking God. Remember that? In the very beginning, they want to have freedom of religion. When we found, when they, Mexico was founded, they came seeking gold. It was avarice. And so that's the difference between our countries. And so we have this socialistic country on our southern border that is racked with crime, racked with drugs, racked with gangs, racked with machine gun fire in some of these major cities all of the time. You can watch that movie Sicario if you don't believe that and see what it is. But be careful don't your kids watch that really intense movie. And, and just realize that this is where they want to take us because out of chaos will come a new world order. That's what they're seeking here. Out of chaos of the COVID you know, variants being released, out of chaos of the lockdowns, of, out of chaos of having the economy crushed again, out of chaos, out of chaos, out of chaos will come their new world order. That's their mantra, guys. That's what they're doing. The same Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan, bankers that have done this continue to do this on an ongoing basis. That's why we as Christians have to stand our ground, put on the full armor of God, and realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and that this is the day the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice, and we will be glad in it all the days of our life. Because if we do that, we can sustain this country. If we don't do that, we can't. It's just one of those deals. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? No, yeah, man, there's no question about it. What they're doing now is very clearly the strategy they've used in numerous other countries that they've collapsed on a regular basis. And, I mean, you watch what's happening right now with our military system. You know, I mean, the entire aspect of what we're watching right now is designed to destabilize the U.S. military because they know the U.S. military eventually has to be just collapsed because they're going to start running everything, as they've done for a while now, is through black ops. But the actual defense military to guard the homeland, they're intentionally crippling. There's an article that came out again now talking about repeats, constantly keep hearing this, how the Pentagon is facing ammunition crisis. Shortage of raw materials has left the U.S. scrambling to restock its own arsenal as the Ukraine conflict drags on. Now, any, any normal person, 
any intelligent individual in upper brass of the U.S. military that is involved in any aspect of the U.S. military would be looking at this and going, hmm, if we're really having an issue, and this is really true, why don't we put a hold on dumping all of our ammunition and all of our artillery and all of our light ammo and all of our heavy machine guns and stop sending them over to Ukraine right now until we can kind of figure out where all this money is going and where all this ammunition is going? Obviously, they know where it's all going. They know what it's all doing. I've told you guys before, this is not coincidental that Sig Sauer got the contract for the new light machine gun that's going to be replacing the M4, the 249, and long range with a new 6.8 by 51 caliber. The 5.56 cartridge and the M4 platform are going to be phased out of the U.S. military in this decade, and Sig's getting the $4.5 billion contract to start manufacturing the ammunition of the guns. This is and has been, in my opinion, one of the biggest plays to prevent the U.S. population from being able to have access to excess amounts of 5.56 ammunition and also parts and guns. They're going to slowly phase this out. Remember, this isn't a one-year play or a two-year play with coming in right now. This is the next 20 to 30-year play all the way into 2050. This is exactly what they did in 1986 with the Firearm Protection Act when they made it illegal for civilians to purchase machine guns manufactured after 1986. This is what they did. This is going to be the next move now. And so what they're doing is they're phasing out enormous stockpiles of U.S. military armaments so they can justify massive expenditures for new armaments that they're going to be bringing in and phasing new platforms in that they're going to be using, including probably space-based weapon platforms and all types of other systems that they don't even tell us about. So again – This is why you start looking at this stuff. This is why you're starting to see ammunition prices go up again. This is why you're starting to see increased costs of reloading equipment and primers and powder. Because what's happening is now we're using everything that's in supply and we're funneling it to Ukraine and funneling it to the rest of every other war zone that we want to keep keep going on a regular basis. Just thought I'd mention that. Also, to another news, this is something interesting as well. You know, the (laughs) – it never boggles my mind on how it never ends to boggle my mind on how crazy, how wild some of these individuals are that are in the education department and how stupid this has started to become. If you told me some of this stuff, like this story I'm going to tell you right now, if you told me the story 10, 15 years ago, I would have laughed at you. I've been like, there's no way possible that a professor at the medical school, you know, basically a UCSF medical school professor would say something this ludicrous. But yet here we are, this feminist medical school professor, Dr. Diane Ershoft, is now supporting, massively supporting the gender revolution. She's saying here that she includes, she, she specializes, includes in pediatric gender affirmative care for transgender and gender expansive patients. So she has a monetary incentive to massively promote this stuff. But secondly, enough now, she's pushing this agenda to a level I've never even heard, a level of stupidity I've never even witnessed. In the presentation, she said that children could now start identifying as gender hybrids which include a creature called a gender minotaur. This is the next phase. She said kids can change their genders by the season. They can have different gender identities depending on their location. I totally agree we're in the midst of a gender revolution and that children are leading it, and it's a wonderful thing to see, and it's also humbling to know how children know more than we do about this topic of being gender expansive. (laughs) I shake my head. (laughs) I go... 
<laughs> I hate it here with some of these people, man. I can't deal with this sometimes. This is just so bizarre. And so what she blatantly is promoting now that children know so much about gender identity and essentially anything that a five or six, seven-year-old fantasizes about with some type of gender idea, well, then it's automatically scientific fact of life. That automatically it needs to be taken with everything, and we need to completely respect it. And these children now can start changing their genders by the season. So in the fall, they may be a different gender. In the spring, they're this gender. And we all need to keep up with their gender identity and their pronouns and what they what they say they're going to be by each coming month and each coming season. And this, again, just goes to show you what they're trying to do to corrupt and pollute these young children, period. This concept that is rolling out now knows no bounds of stupidity, and the problem with this is once you start going down this path, my friends, and you start accepting this and you start going along with it, that there is no definitive line not only of right and wrong but any definitive line of anything. Everything is just make-believe essentially, and Aleister Crowley said, do as thou wilt. Do anything you want at any point in time. Everything goes. That is one of the entire concepts and basis of what they're doing with this this gender revolution as far as what this nutbag is calling it. They want to come in and have no lines. They want to have no convictions. They want to have no basis in reality so that at any point in time, an eight-year-old goes, oh, it's springtime. I'm a female squirrel now, and uh, it's summertime coming up. I'm going to be a uh, non-gender conforming rhinoceros, and you guys have to understand that I'm a child, and I know more than you, and so you guys just have to listen to everything I say. This, again, is confusing the gender population – the general population, excuse me, to the point that these children, this younger generation right now, if they're continually exposed to this and they're allowed – to promote this and actually talk about this and people encourage it by these time, these kids are adults. Not only are they going to be so twisted up mentally, they're probably going to be on half a dozen medical drugs, prescription drugs. They're going to be so confused. They're not going to be able to have any meaningful relationship with anybody. They're going to be so stupid and uneducated in the terms of the real world. They're not going to be able to function properly in civilized society, especially when it comes to any types of societal norms and business values and ethics. They're literally going to be the bottom of the barrel that humanity has ever produced. And I'm not picking on these kids as far as that they're not having a lot of mental issues and problems with that. What I'm saying is it's being manufactured. They're intentionally manufacturing this crisis and manufacturing this problem and then turning around and promoting it to these kids on a platter and calling it caviar when it's, in fact, dog crap. It's what it is. This is the stupidest thing I've ever witnessed in my life that we're actually having these discussions. But yet this is, again, why I've said it is so unbelievably important. This girl, this woman, literally says in the definition, she goes, gender hybrids will now include gender Prius, which is a half girl, half boy, gender minotaur, which is one on top and another on the bottom. So you identify as a girl on the top and you identify as a boy on the bottom, gender by location, at home I'm a boy, at grandma's I'm a girl. This is 21st century gender, gender creative children. Not joking. This girl put out an entire article and published it on it. This is how nutty it is getting right now. And these are the people that you're allowing to educate your children. These are the people that are getting in the school boards and that are promoting their ideology to five, six, seven-year-olds. Yes, 
That is because when you're dealing with hardcore communists, one thing they're really good at doing is they're incredibly effective at getting into school systems. They've done this for centuries. They have to figure out how to indoctrinate the children because remember the same thing Hitler said. Give me your youth and I'll give you a nation. Now, obviously, he completely ruined Germany. <laughs> he completely ruined the youth. But that's what happens when you allow sociopaths and psychopaths to start having access to your children. And this next phase, and I've told you guys this multiple times, the final phase in this is going to be normalizing pedophilia by coming out and saying they basically have a different type of age identity. Oh, he's not a 43-year-old grown male. He identifies as a 12-year-old girl. So you can't get mad at him for wanting to go after your son. That's what the next phase of this, you can mark my words on it. Because when it goes to this level of perversion and this level of just manipulation of the younger generation, you best believe they're going to take it as far as they can. And that's what the basis always comes down to is these pedos want to rationalize and normalize what they're trying to do. So I encourage you, please be involved with your children. Please talk to your children. Please know what they're being exposed to at the school. There's so many different options now, whether it becomes the homeschool co-ops, whether it becomes the different types of extracurricular stuff. Children that are using homeschool don't have to be weird and unsocialized. That's a concept. That's an old school concept. You remember kids back in the 80s were like, oh, they're homeschooled because they never left the house you know, for 12 years. That's not normal. That's not happening now. The level of ability and outlets that children have now are extremely expanding. I was talking to a guy the other day, and he was talking about how they actually were using this homeschool co-op, and then they were also able to go in and pick and choose specific classes that they were taking at a um, at a charter school that they had. This is up in, I think, and over in Texas. And so he said, like, his daughter really liked musical stuff. So she was taking music classes at this school, but then she was also having the homeschool co-op whenever she actually had her core education. One of the kids wanted to be involved in sports. One of the sons wanted to be involved in sports. Because remember, public school is a right. It's paid for already by public, school, public taxes that we pay for. So you don't have to go into this model, this ideology that they've wrapped everybody up in, that you have to stick your children in school from 7.30 till 3 every day and not know anything they're discussing, not know anything they're being taught, and be blissfully blind while the school indoctrinates them through communism. That doesn't have to happen. You can be more involved in that, especially as these young children grow up. So when I saw this stuff, like with this complete and total moron doctor coming out of here in the education department, this is something that shows you what their overall goals are and how they're intentionally working to promote more indoctrination to confuse these children a little more, a little more, a little more, a little more. I mean, are you kidding me right now? We're talking about gender Prius. So kids are going to start saying that I'm a boy on the top and I'm a girl on the bottom or vice versa. That's literally what she's saying here. Yes, it is, guys. So lest you believe they're not going after the kids, lest you believe that's not their overall goal is to pervert these young children, it is the primary goal they're going after, and it has been for many, many generations and many, many civilizations out time after time after time. So get the truth out there and encourage one another to really, really, really stay strong and promote the truth, especially when it comes to your friends and your family. What do you think, Deb? Really, really, really good, uh, good segment, Austin. I love listening to you. You did a good, excellent job. Uh, you're right. This gender Prius. I mean, what the heck? Of course, I don't like Priuses anyhow. So this is what it, what it ah. does. All, all, well, no, well, no, well, well, what they you see what they did. But that's why I picked this word because yeah. they wanted to basically because all these Prius runners, a lot about 
God, I don't want to say all this. This is awful. A lot of these people who buy Priuses really aren't macho males. I'll put it that way. How about that? They're really not really strong heterosexual guys that are working out, hitting the gym, you know, carrying guns. Just thought I'd say it that way. <laughs> so it's so because so, I can't say all of them are like that, but not. Yeah, I, I can't. But you know, but that's why they're picking names like this. Because again, here we have a Prius male. That kind of says a lot. Yeah, it's just, you know, anybody who knows what a Prius is, that that's kind of labels that pretty good. So that they already have that labeling going on. So now they add it to the children, giving these little eight-year-olds the right to decide if they want to be a male on top and a boy on the bottom. I mean, what the, or a girl on top and a boy. What kind of weird stuff is this? I know there's a, I know a lot of the trannies now. I don't know them, but I've read this stuff in the article, so I don't really want to know trannies. Uh, they, they basically, they have, they have breast implants, but they've maintained their genitalia as a male. And I forgot what they're what they're called. It's some kind of weird hybrid, and I guess that's where this is all going. Because remember, when they actually say all this stuff and they do all this stuff, it's all bringing homage to their god Einsof, which is a transgender, is snake in a tree that basically wraps around the universe and basically is a hermaphrodite that these deranged sex death cult members who have to have sex with these archangels that surround this giant snake. To get their message to Einsoft, the snake god, is all part of the Kabbalah. You sit back and you shake your head. You go, what's wrong with these people? And, 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 and again, as I told you the story, I'm going to tell it to you again. Years ago, I had two German guys on our back porch, and we were talking. One of them was Jürgen. One of the other one was Gunter. And Jürgen's a Christian. Gunter was not. And Gunter comes up with a theory of the universe because he has cancer and how he's not going to die. He's going to turn into a crystal. And he comes up with these crazy scenarios and he makes it extremely complicated with all these different people with all these different species with all these different groups of aliens and all me just stuff but i'm, I'm never going to die i'm going to become a crystal well he died and i it just it just it is what it is they're both gone now and uh jürgen i believe in hope and praise in heaven and i don't know where jürgen is i mean where, where gunter is but the reality is i said to him i said why do you have to make it so complicated I said it's, it doesn't have to be this complicated here's the basis God created the heavens and the earth. God created humans. Humans fell from God, and now humans can reconcile their relationship with God by accepting Jesus. End of story. There you go, becoming a Christian. And I said, that's very simple, the simplicity of the gospel. You don't have to deal with a thousand alien subspecies and a billion different planets around the universe that's going to turn you into a crystal. I said, that's a bit, a bit of a stretch for anybody. I mean, how, why do you believe stuff like that? It's, it's the gospels, the good news is just easy to believe. It really is. And then I looked at him and I said to him, I said, and you know as well as I do that if you get abducted by a alien or whatever you want to call it and they take you out of your home and you call on the name of Jesus, they have to put you back into your home. He goes, well, that's true. He goes, and, and I remember this is what Gunther said. And Jürgen looked at him. He goes, Gunther, is that real? He goes, yeah, that's true. He goes, I've, I've studied that. They, when they call the name of Jesus, you got to put him back. And I looked at Gunther and I said, well, here's the deal. I said, you got a giant German brain here. You know, you're an attorney in Germany. You're a very successful business guy. You know, you're very wealthy. I said, here's the question for you. If you call on the name of Jesus and these entities have to submit, doesn't that tell you that just maybe, just maybe, uh, they're scared of him, and he has something to do with the formation of the planet and everything else because of what he is and who he is. And he goes, well, I, I guess that might be true. And I said, well, guess it might be true. I said, you just said it was true. And so why don't you just realize that he is who he said he was, that Christ created you know, the earth, and Christ created this 
universe and that God and him together are the triune Godhead with the Holy Spirit. I said, it's a simple way of looking at it, and it really makes more sense. And all he wanted to do was argue with me. And it was, just, it, was just, it was such a weird conversation, and I felt bad for him. I really did because he was so caught up in the books and all the stuff that he had read that he really did not know what to do as far as how he could reconcile this to himself. He didn't want to ferret it out and try to see what it was. There's a really good movie out there, and, and basically it's on Jesus and the cross. It's a great movie. It was done about 10, 15 years ago. didn't get much critical acclaim, but it's probably one of the best Christian movies I've ever seen. And I forgot the name of it. It'll come to me in a second. And it was interesting. It was the view of a Roman centurion and a prefect as far as the crucifixion of Christ and who Jesus really was and their search for the body of Christ. And it was an interesting movie. And he sees Jesus resurrected, this prefect does. He sees the Jesus resurrected. He sees him because he'd seen him on the cross. Now he sees him resurrected, and he gets confused. And so he tells his head guy, Pontius Pilate, that he's going out to ferret this out to try to figure out, to try to reconcile this situation in his own mind because he saw a man who was dead. Now he sees them. He's alive, and he's trying to figure it all out. He thought through it. And see, and that's the whole thing that we all have to do. We have to think through it as far as what we're planning on doing and how we're planning on doing it, you know, and how we're planning on going on from this life to the next life, which is the real life, because this one we're here for, I don't know, 60, 70, 80, 100 years, and the next life is eternity. Well, which one's the real one and which one's not the real one? James says we're but a mist of vapor that's here for a little while and then we're gone. It, it is what it is. But back to another story. You know, uh, people don't realize that the financial re- the financial collapse they're trying to do again, that as mortgage rates are past 7% this week, you know, it's the highest in two decades. And the average rate of the popular 30-year fixed mortgage increased to 7.09 this week, up from 6.96 the week before, according to Freddie Mac's release on Thursday. That's the highest point since the first week of April 2002 and marks the third time rates have exceeded 7% since then in the last 20 years. The last times were October, November of last year when the rates reached 7.08%. These say mortgage rates have been crippling the housing market in recent months. Now, it may be doing that in areas where they're not bringing in huge amounts of migration. That's a fact. It ain't crippling nothing here in Central Florida. You guys don't want to move here. I promise you, you don't want to. But be very, very careful right now. If you've got a locked-in low-rate mortgage, just thank God Almighty that you've got one, that you've got your mortgage down really, really low. By the way, Zelensky is now securing 61 F-16s and says he's signaling for more countries to donate combat aircraft. Now, here's why I don't believe that, okay? Because yet another step to bolster Ukraine's sky shields, the F-16. We will use these jets to keep Russian terrorists away from the Ukrainian cities and villages that we bombarded them for eight years in the Donbass region. We tried to kill as many as we possibly could. These terrorists don't want to be bombed anymore. Oh, I he didn't say that, but I'm kind of adding that. Zelensky said after his meeting with Prime Minister of the Netherlands, Matt Root, who announced his country would provide the Ukraine with 42 F-16s. Here's why I know this is complete and total garbage. I am a pilot. I would love to fly an F-16. I have absolutely zero training in F-16s. I have absolutely no idea how to land or take off in an F-16, which probably land at 150 knots. I have no idea how to use the armament on F-16s. I have no idea on how I would basically figure out how to even start the doggone aircraft, period, okay? Where's he getting pilots for the 61 F-16s? That's my curiosity question. He didn't have any pilots. His planes have all been shot down. All the pilots are dead if he had any planes to start with. Are the pilots coming in from the United States? Ah, 
Or is this story more obfuscation? Is a picture of him and his wife sitting in an F-16, which she's got some bags or luggage in front of her, it looks like, and they're sitting there talking and joking because he's a comedian. He's a pervert, what he is. And so is any of this true with the Ukraine? Are we really having F-16s being sent over there? Like also said, oh, so many of the weapons and weapon systems you know, have been there. Oh, by the way, the name of that movie is Risen. If you want to watch the Christian movie, this popped in my head real quick. If you want to watch that movie, it's phenomenally good. By the way, desperate Californians now are climbing trees to escape floods and mudslides with many trapped in cars for hours after Hillary breaks record rain. I had to mention her for just one second. Palm Springs is submerged, and 25 million are now under flood warnings as the videos are showing earthquake rocket the bar at Palm Springs. All of this stuff is happening because of that storm is hitting Palm Springs and hitting Southern California. And, you know, it's probably over with by now, but it's pretty interesting how that stuff is basically being uh, pushed right now as far as the narrative and how they had to put Hillary back into the limelight as far as putting her name back out there. Just thought I'd mention that. China, by the way, is finding a foreign source of drinking water. Kazakhstan has invited Beijing to tap into its plentiful glaciers. Kazakhstan is ready to support drinking water from its glaciers. Prime Minister Zabarov has said during his visit to China this week, he made his comments during the meeting with Wadang, the chairman of Quindap, I cannot do it, mineral water company, noting the unrealized potential of the country's water resources. Okay, here's the thing. We have reverse osmosis water. It's a lot cheaper to run reverse osmosis systems from the plethora of rivers in China and the dams they have there now and create as much drinking water as they want for the population than is to pump water or to truck water or whatever they want to do or to pipe water all the way from a foreign country. Just thought I'd mention that to you. So, again, that technology may be okay with the glaciers, but why in the world are they pushing it when the earth is two-thirds water anyhow and we can get as much water as we want by basically running it through an RO filter or a distillation unit. <laughs> I know when we were on a ship, on a cruise ship, which we haven't done in many years, but I remember the last ship we were on, I was talking to the captain and to the other people on the ship about the RO system they have on the boat and this distilling unit they have on the boat because they make so much fresh water for all the toilets to flush, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and also for drinking water. And they have to put chlorine in it to keep the pipes from getting mildew or not mildew or bacteria in them. But they don't put any fluoride in the pipes at all, they told me, because the fluoride is so corrosive to the pipes on a ship that it would cripple the water supply system within a few years because of the acidity of the fluoride. You know, hydrofluorosilicic acid, unbelievable hardcore toxin. So when we go on a cruise ship, we bring something like a Brita filter. That's all we bring. We used to carry all of our water on a ship with us because that was a big headache, a big nuisance. But what we do now is we just what we did. I haven't done it in ten years. What we do, what we did then, is we brought a Brita filter and we run the water through the Brita filter on the ship. Rather than paying their five dollars per liter of drinking water, they're going to charge you for. Just get the get the chlorine back out of the water and you can drink it as much as you want on a ship because that's the only compound they add to it, or it used to be the only compound. By the way, crime ridden Ecuador now heads to the presidential runoff, pitting the left against the right. Ecuadorians will choose between returning to communism, socialism, or preserving the conservative status quo in a presidential runoff set for September or for, excuse me, for October after Sunday's first Brown produced a left-right clash rather than an outright winner. Luisa Gonzalez, a lawyer close to the division's former socialist president, Rafael Cornia, emerged as a frontrunner with 33% of the first-round votes. This is what I was telling you. The reason I'm reading this, is not that I'm you know, really intrigued about Ecuadorian politics, is the fact that so many of these countries in South America are straight-up communist countries. And when these people come from these countries into the United States, they have a different mindset of why everybody needs to be giving them stuff. I had this other person that I knew. Uh, she was from uh, Colombia. She was married to a friend of mine. 
She hated our national parks. She hated, you know, Gettysburg. She hated the, the memorials that they had up for the Civil War. She hated every single thing that was out there that memorialized soldiers and troops and said that all of that stuff needs to be destroyed or put into museums. And I looked at her and I said, you know, just because you weren't born here, just because you think you have a right to tell us what to do in our country, just because you don't like memorials and monuments that we put up for Civil War heroes – what is wrong with you? Why do you think you have that ability to talk to us like that when you're a communist? And boy, she got mad. And uh, needless to say, that relationship with her was uh, pretty much severed after that. But the reality was is that you know she was just a nightmare, absolute nightmare. And it's sad to me that people think like that and come to our country and try to bring their trash thought process to us in the United States of America. We're the land of the home of the free of the brave. I mean, we, we you know, this this country. Oh, gosh, I wish you guys could have known what it was like, you know, 50 years ago, so many of you young folks. I mean, you could go outside. You didn't have to, you didn't have to lock your doors. You go, your kids could go play in the neighborhood, go play football or baseball. I mean, nobody had iPads. Nobody had social media. But, you know, you, you go get in the neighborhood, get in, a, get in a few fights every once in a while, and everybody learned how to, what the pecking order was going to be. And, and everybody understood that, you know, we all had to kind of get along. And, and it, was a, it, was a, it was a really weird Norman Rockwell kind of America. It really was. I mean, people just were more respectful back then. Uh, you know, people didn't need written contracts. You could shake somebody's hand. There was a verbal agreement, and the people would honor it. And I watched that that part of the United States just slip away, slip away, slip away. But, you know, when they started putting all these lawyers out there, and they started getting all these 20 and 30 and 40 and 50-page contracts with their microprint that nobody wants to read, that you can't change a word in the contract. I, I mean, I, I mean, I've watched it kind of just slip away in the United States. I remember years ago. They had a loan application. I was buying a truck, and I remember I didn't like some of the stuff the loan application said. So I went in there with a Sharpie, and I just deleted it, and uh, I turned it in. And they said, oh, we can't accept this. And I'm like, well, why not? I don't, I don't like that portion of the contract. Well, these are fixed contracts. You can't change these if you want to get the loan. This is the way it is. You have to sign the paperwork. But I said, I don't want to sign the paperwork. Well, you're going to have to sign the paperwork, and they, we can't believe you read the small print. Nobody reads the small print. I said, well, I always read the small print. They said, we don't care. You're not going to get the loan from this bank if you don't sign what they want because they want to be able to come back and seize your vehicle even if you're making the payments and they're on time. They've given themselves that right. And I'm like, well, why would they have that right? And they said, we don't know. It's the way banks are. So that's the kind of crazy stuff. If for any reason whatsoever they want to come in and seize your home in many of these mortgage companies or your cars or your vehicles, they don't have to have a reason that you were late. They don't have to have a reason, anything. They can have a reason that you were late on one of your other credit card payments, and now they're going to come in there and seize your home or your car because now you may be late on their payment. These guys are so twisted and so perverse that if you really understood the avarice and the greed that's why Jesus said the love of money is the root of all evil. You can't be like that. You can't allow you. I had a friend of mine. He's, he's sick now. He's in the hospital. Bless his heart. I tried to help him, and I tried to reach out to him, and he won't listen. And it's sad to me, and he's in bad shape. I'm pretty sure he took the COVID shot and had COVID and all the rest of it. And now he's got internal bleeding, and they have to give, keep giving him more and more blood. And I tried to contact him and tell him what he could do as far as finding out what the internal bleeding was and some pro pro protocols he could use. No response. This guy was interesting. He was the guy that would go to a restaurant, and if the, if the bill was eleven dollars on the restaurant, you know, the tip, he'd get on his calculator and calculate fifteen percent to the penny. Now, I know a lot of you probably do that. I got that, okay. But here's what I've learned. I, I just do it this way. If it's if it's a twenty dollar bill, I figure ten percent is two dollars. 
I double that to 20%. I make it four. I just load it up. I, I add an extra 5%. I always do that. I don't count pennies out. And, and if it's going to be an extra couple dollars, I just – I don't care. This person has to pay their bills. they got a car payment. they got kids at home. Who cares? They give you good service. And I'm going to tell you one other thing too. If you think, well, should I give them you know, $5 or $10 and you got a bill and they've given you exceptional service, if you give them the 5 and you're going to be cheap, just mentioning this, what's going to happen is on your way home you're going to think, gosh, I wish I had given them the other $5. I can't believe I did that. And sometimes you're going to turn around. And you're going to drive back, and you're going to give them the $5, or it's going to bother you all day. Just thought I'd mention that. Jim Rohn used to talk about that on his CD sets all the time, about how you need to learn how to be a two-quarter person. So that was back way back when, when he was young, where you to give one quarter or two quarters for the tip. Guys, listen to me. Always be a two-quarter person. If you think, should I give $5 or $10? If it's a great, great service, just give the 10 You'll feel good about it in the end, and you'll realize that just maybe if you can't afford to do that and treat people with respect like that, then maybe you just need to eat at home. Whoa, did I say that? Yeah, because you eat a lot cleaner at home anyhow, and it costs a lot less money, and it can really cut back on your overhead. Guys, I love you. I appreciate you. I had the opportunity to pray for you today, and you guys are absolutely amazing to me, and I'm blessed to know you, and I'm blessed to call you my friends. Austin, what do you think, buddy, and what's the next story? No, absolutely, man. I've told people that before. That's one of the biggest things you can do as far as if you're cutting down expenses and keeping costs down. Buy at the, buy at the store. Get stuff on sale, get clean food, make it all at home, pre-make it like I used to do all the time when I was bodybuilding, have pre-planned food, and uh, eat meals throughout the day, throughout the week. We'll save you a ton of money. We'll actually keep it a lot cleaner as far as the diet, and also help you lose a lot more body fat if you're trying to eat clean. So again, my friends, thank you for supporting Health Masters, getting the truth out there. If you need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, the D3-10,000K2. Be sure to check it out on sale products of the week. It looks like the ultimate multiple powder is winning right now as far as for product of the week later on this week. We'll see. They're going back and forth neck and neck with some of the other products on there. So y'all have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Keep your immune system strong, my friends. Stay alert. Stay strong. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.